0: i can just look at it now and know mm-hmm. when it's done and it was fucking perfect Good man, dude. dude that sounds great i'm like i'm like getting a little hungry just talking about it because right <laughs> i really i didn't eat, i had some crumb cake and i had a cold piece of fucking ham because i it's was coming just up like pulling it out of the be, out of the fr- fridge after i was moving stuff right but um it's yeah. coming then it's coming <laughs> folks getting out of the space that that's happened yeah you know yeah that's right dave and i are c- currently in my living we're room, surrounded, surrounded by, by amazing uh, pieces of equipment right now lots of amps right now yeah i forgot the that that's the 610 that's a 610 that's pretty small that doesn't yeah you know what it is it's deep it's 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 a very it's a pretty because like the ampeg 610 is way taller it's a it's a big tall refrigerator right. and they, yeah we're talking about the swr goliath senior yeah. 610 quite heavy which um yeah, it's not bad. It's got the wheels. It's though. got wheels in like the kick plate. You just fucking yeah. get it. It, it. it was a two person job down, yeah. down, down the stairs. And shout out to shout out to Gabby on helping me on that one. She <laughs> really has some serious muscles. I was like, I was struggling more than she was. I think that was pretty badass. So she was sucking it up for you, man. That's the she, thing. Yeah. She, you know, some people are just, are just built to be kind and Stronger. it felt and, and, but even just to offer, cause like frankly moving eats fucking dirty buttholes. Yeah. I hate moving. Some and 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 some people just are like kind enough to offer. So Cappy, Gabby, my friends who have helped me move, thank you so much. Can you like hire movers to move gear? I th- I, I consider you that you it's, definitely could.
1: I mean, they move fridges and
0: shit. I, uh, I what if they I couldn't bring myself to do that? Well, because I just I could do it myself. You know, like yeah. it, I I I absolutely consider doing it because before I I mean I I've done this sort of piecemeal. There's there was a lot of stuff in there, especially mm-hmm. if I was gonna take all that furniture. I might right. have hired somebody. It's because they have trucks and like dollies and stuff and too. They're they're pros. Like they're used to just like Total throwing pros. shit out on their back. Right. Walking it down the stairs. But like when you're talking about, you know, a vintage a couple of vintage jampegs with yeah. like glass inside them, well mm-hmm. although uh, I might have dropped one of them myself, so I can't talk too much. But um, it was only partially – it was definitely all my if fault. If it shows too, up I'm for kidding. sale soon, uh, keep oh, well, on it. Well, that's the thing, folks. A lot <laughs> of this is showing up for sale. Yeah. I wouldn't – I am not I'm not accusing saying you're accusing me, but I'll just to be clear, folks. I would never sell something normally no. broken. Of course not. If it were if it were to have broken in the slight tumble that it took, I would have that repaired. I'm first. surprised you didn't turn it on already just to find out. I, I'm so worse. afraid. Yeah. And plus, I was in the I was like literally flop sweat. Oh yeah. Just you just buckets got home. pouring yeah. out of my body. I was like, I am not dealing with this right now. Right. Uh, it, it's gonna happen tonight or tomorrow.' Yeah. I'll, I'll check it out and, and, and it might be it okay. could be okay. those things are built like tanks. they are built like tanks that's sort of they were designed to tour that. And imagine them being thrown around for years and years yeah.
1: and like they didn't use flight cases back then, really. No.
0: I mean. uh, speaking of, I watched another one of those Gibson icons. Oh yeah. it's an older one for Tony Iommi. Oh, cool! Not as good, okay? Because it was literally just him sitting in this like middle of a church with an SG on one side and an Elaney combo on the other side, very rarely playing guitar and just talking the whole time. was like,
1: kind of boring. It was
0: fucking boring, Yeah. Dude. I fell asleep on. And it probably wasn't
1: edited like the way the new ones are. And no, stuff.
0: they've they've de- they not to shit there. on the new ones. The new ones I still recommend. They've they've developed their style and abilities, yeah, of course, since then. And I, and I mean you know i love black sabbath so like i was right. very excited to watch this and yeah. learn about like the sg and stuff and it really wasn't i mean they talked a little bit about like his first guitar and now he had this like burns that he didn't like and then he got the sg and whatever i thought of it because you, you mentioned um this is actually kind of an interesting story that i didn't know before you mentioned just like throwing your gear without a road case or whatever sure. in, in a trunk and so the sabbath their first tour in the states they came over and they were so green and like had never done any of right. that stuff before they literally brought their own pa oh that's funny they're like shitty yeah. little pa but and, and and their amps and he said that so they they didn't they had never even thought about it they just like throw it all on the plane they didn't have cases he's like yeah we had little like plastic slip covers on our marshals yeah they got here so some of it like survived the flight didn't realize that there was like different voltages between oh, the United yeah. States and, right. and the UK. They plugged their Marshalls <laughs> no in and converters blew them all up. Oh, they blew God. all their amps up before the first show. So they got those Holy repaired. Shit. Played the first show and they're like, man, this kind of sucks. Like we don't I we what do we get ourselves into? It was like it's just like a crummy little show or whatever. Right. But then their second show was, I believe, at the Fillmore. Oh, okay. And they were like, Oh, this is what this is it. Yeah. And you know, and like were embarrassed by like the fact that they even thought they should bring a PA when they saw what was already at the Fillmore in 1970 and
1: I'm sure they had big gigs you know at that point in in the UK yeah not really they
0: it was after that that they really started getting big and like open for like Zeppelin and Deep Purple and stuff like that okay but they were they were kind of not much at that time I'm trying to think man
1: of all the docs I've ever watched I don't know if I've seen a Black Sabbath documentary
0: I feel like i talked about one once but i, mean, I, I don't dreamt think you did it. yeah i don't know dude man. it's there's been so many we <laughs> should you know we should take like a, a an hour one day i need to like write just like, down like put, every throw month. them on the website like yeah. under dave's docs like just so we I have a, a resource i have there. to go back and like actually listen to the each dave's doc to find out what or i could just I go think into the there, notes they should be in the notes yeah, usually. yeah 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 i have i've been trying to save so that, funny but though, we, like, maybe not i don't know
1: watch that and i've gotten to the point now and i'll talk about it later i'm starting to like i'm like well i haven't watched this one in like a Year and a half, so I'm gonna watch it again. Refresh yourself totally because I'm, I'm not? running out of like ones that I really care about, yeah. or, you know, unless a new one comes out or something. So I'm kind of like,
0: dude, I do feel like we're kind of in this golden era right now where there's just like a lot of new stuff coming lot content, out all the time. Yeah. A lot of it is to like this previous stuff that you've talked about, like 1971, more like serialized, yeah, which is cool. Speaking of, I don't know if you saw this, there was that um Beatles documentary about their like. It's get back get back yeah that's did you hear about and wait isn't that well it check it out dude that november, was originally supposed to be a feature-length film they've yeah. instead now lengthened it to like crazy and it's now six episodes oh fuck yeah yeah fuck and yeah. it's november i want to say 23rd through 25th it's
1: all going to be that's why on they the moved the i HBO think they thing. originally were going to release it in august and it must have been the single film and then now, right. now they're exactly. like dude we have way too much cool peter footage. jackson too, right. which is well gonna be. but
0: this is the craziest part never before seen the entire rooftop concert Oh, really? Yes. It's never been released before. It's just like, it was just usually five songs or six songs or well, I don't know how many it is, yeah. but they did an entire show. I've watched show. it on YouTube a million times. Oh, yeah, times, but they've like, never released the full thing. I didn't know there is, was more to one of them. It. Yeah. Oh, my God. I know. When I saw it, I almost sent it to you, but I wanted to, to okay. talk about it on here because yes. I was like, oh, And that's going to be God. in the film? That's part of or it. Or part of the one of the series? Maybe one of the episodes. I don't know. They didn't say specifically, yeah. but like it was like six episodes now, and also, for the first time, the entire rooftop That's no fucking <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I I need more. I mean, just bring it on, man. Bring it on. Bring on the Beatles. Dude, let's bring on this episode of this podcast. Oh, shit. We, we didn't officially be, we start. We didn't even officially start yet. That's fine. This is gear buds Podcast, episode 123. Wow. 123. That's a that's a hell of a number that's right great. there. Uh my name's Henry. That's Dave. What is that And we're gonna do this thing. Dave, I've got some surprises for us today. Do you? We had as as as, as, as folks know we tend to do a little bit of heart to heart and such before we get on the mics over here. So we got that out of the way, but bef- before we really get into this episode, I would just like to to share that covid is still fucking happening right now. And if and and the FDA has approved the Pfizer vaccine now, so if that was ever a concern, that should no longer be it. It's directly affecting me and my family right now, and if you can please Take care of yourself. Get you and your family vaccinated so we can all get out of this shit because mm. it's still happening and and people are still getting sick and <clears throat> and it's it's not great. So It's even weirder right now because we already thought we were like over the hump. We thought we were through it. And, so it's and, even harder to get people. And those of like us that did all the right stuff and, and locked still, down and yeah. we're still fucked. So right. please just like, I'm sure most of our listeners are on the same page as us, but if you're not, just consider it because yep. it's still a real thing. So anyways, there's that. Whew, here's your weekly reminder that cables are tone tubes. Damn right. Thank you for listening to this. I'm talking to you specifically, listener. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Subscribe on Spotify and Apple. Oh, I wanted to say, you posted a 67 Tele on the, face, on the old Face page Re-issue recently. Reissue Tele, yeah. That guitar is fucking gorgeous.
1: I, I mean, very rarely will I post a guitar just because of the finish. Because, you know, I mean, I've
0: seen them all. Yeah. And that was, uh, I think, like Fire Mist Silver or exactly. something. Because huh. it almost looks green in some. Do you know what it reminded light? me? I, I realized, I was like, why does that guitar look so familiar to me? everyone's favorite session ace brent mason plays a 67 telly mm. his his in that finish and yeah. i was like that's the one but he he does like a lot of mods yeah. and stuff to it or whatever and you can actually buy a reissue like uh, like his signature or whatever and it was kind of funny because
1: i was scrolling through reverb just casually yeah. you know through my feed and it popped up and so i just snagged the picture and i'm, I'm sorry to the seller i didn't post your listing but i was like yeah. i don't feel like it no. i'm gonna just post it's the just picture a good pick. yeah it's a great pick Whatever, so, whoever so gets it—that's the go. kind
0: of stuff. That, you know what, Dave? Maybe we should start throwing that on the Instagram too, because I've been fucking lazy and I only do the episodes on there. So All maybe right. we'll start putting that stuff on there sure. too. Um, I also want to give a specific shout to one of our very good friends who reached out to us, because, folks, again, we've talked about it. It makes us feel really good when you reach out, yeah. and and we love to hear from if you. You just want to shoot the shit or whatever, you know. Got to give a shout to our good buddy J O B Johnny O'Brien, P T D Unlimited on Reverb and Craigslist. He's got tons of awesome gear Mm -hmm. doing he's not quite bonfires, vintage level of Japanese import, but like pretty close. He's got a lot of dope shit and he's just truly one of the dopest dudes I know. Uh, love you Johnny he, he reached out and said that he like when he finds that whenever he's doing a lot of like prolonged gear work like he's got to do restrings or sure. like, setups or whatever he he catches up on the show and, nice. and, and listen and, you know always I love listens that. Then. what an
1: appropriate podcast for that
0: I think so you. too <laughs> and and if you'll indulge me I would like to just quickly share um, we call him handsome Johnny because he's extremely handsome he's a model <laughs> and actor but my favorite Johnny O'Brien story Sorry sorry to embarrass you like this cuz I know you're listening but Dave are you are you a John Mulaney fan Um I've seen some of his stand up Okay well I, he's he's I one of my favorites He's fantastic yeah And that is handsome Johnny I don't know if you'd say best friend but they're like Oh, they're basically bas- they're basically best friends. And and John Mulaney has a famous stand-up bit where he talks about as a high schooler going to the salt and pepper, pepper diner here in Chicago and playing what's new pussycat seven times over and over on the jukebox. <laughs> and, the, and the joke is sort of like about how the everyone goes insane in this in this diner because of it. Yeah, um, I won't spoil the punchline. It's really funny. He in the beginning of the joke, he says me and my best friend, John, and that nice. is handsome. Johnny, oh, cool, John man. O'Brien. That's yeah, awesome. So, Shout out there, so I'd embarrass you, but you know, I mean, if I can fucking name drop some celebrities, that's probably the the most famous person I could think of that we're like one person away from. Well, we've had Scott Lucas on the show, I mean, or Dave Pensado, or. Smoking Pope's. Like we've had. I mean, we'll ah, we just go back and name <laughs> them all. But. but like, as far as comedians go, yeah, he's up he's there. Huge, there's yeah, no doubt. Sure. Uh, so yeah, thanks for thanks for reaching out. Also, I mean, we got we had some more friends, including Steve Holland, who we just love. <laughs> yeah. He actually sent me some more stuff about um, drums and stuff, and I just forgot to write it down. But a little bit of a spoiler, Dave. This episode, we're going to be talking a lot about drums because okay. we had something happen this week. And not to bring it down too much, yeah. but your favorite band, yeah. one of mine, uh, Charlie Watts passed away. Yeah, man. And we're not going to get into it right now. We're going to save that for the end of the show. So stick around, folks. I've got a lot of content there. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, I mean, we just have to talk about it. So yeah, no, I want to. We're going to do. So, we're going to do some Charlie Watts talking. Just stick around for the end. Let's do. All right, here we go. Touch and tips. Friends of the show. Story time with Uncle Hank. BFI GFI free stuff here's one i didn't know this we were talking i sent you a little podcast this week uh, yeah stuff we should know and or stuff you should know which is one one that i listen to pretty regularly and they're doing a series on leo fender and les paul yeah and sort of like their history not only together but also like in terms of developing the instrument and, yeah. and moving this gear world forward i did not know that leo fender only had one eye yeah i didn't know Class that Glass eyeball Learn that and that I I, had, thought, I mean, I've read so many books and everything about him and that. Yeah, in that I have no
1: clue, no idea that dude. And that's had pretty one amazing for somebody who
0: would be like tinkering with small. Exactly. Things. <laughs> I <laughs> had the know. same thought. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So that there's your little, uh, your little the uh, Leo Fender tip. Here's another thing that I didn't know that this is like purely for me and in, in the fact that we were talking about F1 before Yamaha, who you know I stand. They briefly were an engine supplier for the Formula One. They truly hmm. do everything. Well, I knew they made like motorcycles Motor- and-, and they're big in, in motorcycle racing, yeah, but huge. they spent 8 years actually it turns out as an I supplier for F1. Wow. They made a V8 and a V10 sure and then shit. it it's a convoluted story but they went through and worked with a few different teams and then finally in their last season they had a really successful year where they like took podiums and might have even won some races and then for some reason just like pulled out the next year but for 8 years Yamaha who I like stand vintage Yamaha. guitar amps yeah. and pianos and shit also contributed to my current I mean is
1: there another company musically that runs the gamut from beginner instruments all the way up to like the highest level custom stuff not at all
0: and we're that was also something that I never really thought about either uh in that episode of stuff you should know which again not to pimp somebody else's podcast too much but that's fine if you've never listened to it it's a good good. podcast um hopefully we're a little um Cooler than them, I don't know. Uh, if that's I mean, the word a little more or personality, I don't know. I I like their personality, but they are. definitely they seem like on really like the nice, ner- nerdy guys. side of yeah, things. Really and, nice guys, and we get nerdy around here too. Yeah. Maybe we are. As Dude, I was going to ask
1: you because they have other. I've never really listened to yeah. it, and you sent me the the Fender one. Totally. Did they? Um. So do they just research the shit out of stuff mm-hmm. and then talk about it? Because yep. they weren't reading off anything. No. It seemed like uh-uh. they were just
0: going for they it. They both. Yeah, they both. I, they definitely made me feel kind of
1: dumb. I was like, oh, I kind of just like go, uh huh.
0: And it's like they get really technical. Well, you know, maybe that's something to learn from. I don't think you sound dumb, but I, I mean, when I listen to stuff like that, I try to take that as a learning yeah. point. But what it, they actually said was um, they both they based most of that episode on the book The Birth of Loud, okay, which is something we've talked about on the show. Yeah. I actually haven't read it yet. I think, yeah, we've talked about it. we've definitely talked about. But it, they but go into like different topics. It's detail. not just music stuff, right. right? But anyway, to what I was thinking to your point, uh, nobody does it better than Yamaha in that way, and oh, yeah. including Fender because fender while they do make squire and all the beginner stuff yeah. all the way up through custom shop master Absolutely. build shout out to our friend carlos lopez by the way Talked to him this week uh they don't make any high-end acoustics and i never yep. really thought about that yep. before their most expensive acoustic is like seven eight hundred bucks import i think mexican I'm, probably yeah it's not like i don't think they do like a custom shop acoustic or anything i've like never that. seen one if they do i mean maybe for like dick dale or someone like like that who has like a signature guitar maybe like they made one but that you know it's not like gibson where they have like bozeman montana factory that's like strictly building high end acoustics fender's never really done that and i I never really thought about like they had the new porter you can still buy a 60s new porter for like 300 bucks yeah totally and stingray has has a has has one of those or like the it's with the fender with the strat headstock i was just playing the other day Uh uh-huh my, as long as we're talking about Stingray, might as well mention, he's done some pretty crazy stuff this week. <laughs> yeah, man. So if anybody is a, a fan of uh, rap music, or I guess just like- Rap music? Pop culture in general, <laughs> Kanye just did this huge show yeah. in Soldier Field. It was a listening party. And it was actually I actually was going to talk about it a little bit later. There, there is a gear component to this. Cool. Um, but he, our good good friend and former guest Stingray was the head uh, structural designer and yeah. uh, rigger. They built on his childhood home into the middle of the 50-yard line. In the line. middle of Soldier Field. So yeah. we couldn't really talk about it before, but we've been getting the inside info yeah. on that shit for a bit and some like cool pictures sorry to bust you stingray <laughs> but the original plan was they were going to actually go to the south side and put his parents his mom's house on a flatbed they were going to move the whole th- move the house there and they're like mm, that's fucking insane that's insane do that. so they just built an exact replica yeah. of the outside well as we were texting about earlier you know they had like 10 people out on the porch which was yeah. secured with two two by fours and three quarter <laughs> inch lug nuts it's amazing it didn't collapse man it's, i mean he not that they say, were sweating the whole time his structural engineering I'm sure no it they, but it just was not designed to withstand yeah he's like, he's like, well, they should have told us they were going to put all these people on it, man. And honestly, the fact that he brought out Marilyn Manson and Baby, like, so fuck strange. that shit. Yeah. I mean, I get what he was trying to do. Like, he's he's setting himself up as Jesus the Forgiver. But, like, you aren't Jesus the Forgiver. Yeah. And those two dudes have done really despicable shit recently. So, like, why bring them out? Did like, you
1: know this whole thing? This is so off the yeah. topic of GearBuds. But, um, like, him and Drake are going to, like, they're basically going to see, like, who's going to release their album first. So they're kind of having this, like, a little bit of a standoff. And at the end of the day, they might end up releasing them on the same day, which is probably going to double the amount of listens. Because, you know, everybody who listens to one hmm. is going to listen to the other. because well, they're going to be comparing them. That
0: reminds pretty, me pretty of smart. a documentary that I watched about the um, Britpop yeah. it might have been one of those episodes of this is pop. Maybe? Yeah, yeah. And that goes back to when Oasis and Blur yes, released that records was. on the same uh-huh. day. And and then like who's gonna win. And yep. but that it's such a it's so interesting because it's the same but it's completely different because back then it was record sales. But you had to buy it. Yeah. Now it's just like what are you gonna listen to? Nope. And I'm definitely gonna listen to both I'm of them, to of both. course. And I, everybody's gonna listen everybody's to both going and compare them and So uh yeah. That's a good point. I yeah. But anyways Shout out to Stingray, he got to do some really cool that's stuff in the middle cool, of Soldier man. Field. We've gotten to like see some insider information for a bit, but uh, now as the as the meathead uh, Bears fans, that's we right, are. dude, yeah. meatballs for life. In fact, I'm going to Sox Cubs crosstown on Sunday just to yeah, meatball it yeah. up there. Uh, okay, so now uh, here's a surprise that I want to talk to you about, and this is this is this is I'm gonna I was pretty I'm I'm pretty fucking fired up about this in a in a in an angry oh, way. oh okay don't get too I angry. had I had I don't think I I think I saved it. I had the worst gear intera- interaction of my life this week. What? Listener, Dave, you may recall that I had been speaking of... I was, I was going to be selling the Bogner Yes, this past week, and we had numerous emails. Uh, it was all set up, ready to go, offered to come pick it up. I came down on my price. All good. Done. So I'm not going to say his name as much as I fucking want to because fuck this fucking yeah. guy. First of all, um, so this... I, we had pushed it back a few times. It was supposed to be on Sunday. I'm building my day around this. I ended hanging out with the gal that I'm interested in early so I could be here to make this deal. Shows up over an hour late. Okay. okay. Did he, like, text you or anything? No. no. And in fact, I was texting him oh, no. being like, yo, like, I've got other stuff to do today. Can you let me know if you're going to oh, come? I'm already. I hate this shit, dude. Nothing drives me dude. crazier than when people are late. So that's a bad start which I was 15. I already lowered today, the price, like, right? Positive. So like, oh, no, <laughs> I'm just like, You're giving me time to get out of the shower. I know I, I was. I was the one who delayed today. <laughs> but I texted you. Yeah. You know, because well, that's, that's, that's what humans that's do. That's what humans do. So shows up an hour late with another dude. And so, first of all, I don't let strangers into my home to try gear out. Like, that's just a thing I don't do anymore. And so I gave, when I give an address, I don't give my actual address. Yeah, I give like a nearby address. Right. Or if people from the suburbs, I give a nearby address. So that's like... Just go to this rather than having they to say like, like, like two GPS number it. two yeah. streets that they might fuck up. Right. I get a knock on my door. I'm like, what the shit? And like, you know, I'm behind a gate. Yeah, like, it's, a it's weird. not like on the street. You, have, like, to you know. have to figure it out. Yeah. So I get a knock on the door and it says, dude, with another guy. Like, hey, can I come in? I was like, oh, like, hey, man, uh, no, like, I don't. I'm sorry, I don't. I don't let strangers into my house to to try gear. Or uh, I, I, I didn't even say that. I, just, I, I just don't allow strangers in my house. And I'm like, especially when there's two of you and there's and one, of me, one of me and I've got a lot and of I don't have me. like a, a loaded shotgun sitting right next <laughs> right. to me right now. Yeah. Or a pit bull. He goes, well, I'm going to need to try that out. And I was like, well, I don't know what to tell well, you. Can his body I weight can't... outside Well, that that was what I f- at first I was like, well, maybe and th- n- no. First, what I said was here. I've got a plug right here. Yeah. I'm just going to plug it in outside. Yeah. Like no big deal. He's like, well, I got to try. No, man. He's like, no, I got to come in. No, I got to try it out. Oh, He didn't bring a guitar. So that's the first thing. Oh, he did. Like he, he, which means he needs to play one of my guitars, which I am not. Uh-uh. OK, it's fucking covid still right now. So no mask. Well, it's want that... to play my guitar inside. And it's my also house. like this. You don't know this guy. He could just run off with it, dude. He could fucking kill me. He yeah. can rob me. I, I don't do that anymore. I, and again, if someone wants to try something out. We talk about that beforehand yeah. in the literally 18 emails that we did. I looked. There were 18 emails back and forth. Never Jeez. once did he mention that he needed to try it out. And I'm just like, hey, I'm, I'll plug it in out here. I'll show you it works. And then he, he starts getting real hostile. And I was like, dude, what do you want from me? You were over an hour late. And he and he goes, suck a dick, bro, and just leaves. Wow. Turns around and leaves. Really? I think that they were going to try to fucking run. They were. Me. I think so too, dude. It was. I, I was like, I'd be like. I felt shaking, like a dude. puffed up fucking like. I'm getting brown like bear just like in the fucking wild. I I have not been that close to fighting. Yeah. And like, I'm bawling my fists right now. Well, did he in He forever. just said "suck a dick" and walked off. Suck a dick, bro. And but like anything? under his breath, I, and I I said, "Hey, I go fuck yourself," and then he just like kept walking. Weird. I, dude, I was ready. Dude, they might ready to they might have been attempt. like, wanted, I think they might have been trying to like, oh, here's a guitar, here's an amp, coming to my house with all this fucking gear. Like, no way, dude. No, and you can see what's in here right now. Like, I am not okay with it. And again, if someone needed to try something out, you know what I would have done? The exact thing I do every time I'm in this situation and shoot a video, me going through every single knob, playing yeah. everything. Here, here it is. Like yeah, here's a works. video. Here's a two minute video. Right. Everything you need to know. Also, I have a fucking gear podcast where my name. Is made on the fact that I'm not fucking ripping people off on gear yeah, and know no what I'm shit, talking right. about. So I would Anybody never do that. He doesn't know that. But if it was a concern and you're driving from over an hour away and you want to try something out, you should fucking say that I want to say, try it out. Does his buddy say anything the whole time? He's just a good. And he's like a big dude, too. Yeah. Was, he's was just kind of like. I don't like there that, man. And bring a fucking guitar. No you, shit. What if I didn't have one here? Right. Then what? How are you gonna try it out? Yeah. You I've, weren't. I've always brought a guitar. I'd like leave it in your trunk then at least. Like or say, hey, I'm gonna need to try this out. Can I play one of your guitars? And I would have been like, ah, okay, I'll play you can play one of the shitty ones or something. I've had a guy play something for me. Like I went to pick up an amp. I would have done that too. And I, I, he's like, I can show you it works. Yeah. I'll,
1: I'll be over here and I can just and totally. I'm like, that works for me,
0: dude. And he wheeled it over and it took it out. I literally have a plug. I could have just yeah. put it right. I was like, No, I'm sorry, I don't let strangers in my house. And it was just like switch flipped. Oh, dude, they were out. They might have been trying to jack me. I think they might have been trying to fucking rob me.
1: The crazy thing is, like, when you when you do you counter to what they had an idea. Like, so, say they did have a plan to yeah. like come in here and fuck you up, you say like, "No way, dude! You're not
0: coming to my house." Yeah. Like,
1: they're like, "Oh, well, our our plans are like fucked. Like, we don't have a B plan." Exactly. Yet. So they left.
0: Yeah, and I mean, he drove it to buy an amp and so give me hundreds of dollars, and then just like and left. you haven't heard from the guy or anything. No, I I actually. Blocked his email because I didn't want to fucking because it was very contentious at the end. And now he knows where I fucking live, even though I gave not my address like a semi nearby, but still like half a block away. How did he find your door? I have no idea. I don't know how he knew to knock here at all. I have no clue. That creeps me out. It was fucking weird, dude. So, yeah, like you have a hard to find entrance. Enjoy playing your fucking Madison Square bedroom gigs, you fucking cocksucker. (laughs) I hope you listen to this. I hate you. I hope you never get an amp that you like. That's a crazy story, dude.
1: Yeah. I'm trying to think if I've ever had a really weird... I've never in like my that. life. Usually everyone's so cool. I've had a time where like a dude came in and we ended up having a beer together, like talking
0: gear. I've and hung like, out for sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But if, again, COVID. Well, yeah. Two people, one me. I was just like, no, I'm like... I yeah. don't let strange. I just don't. I it's my policy. I don't do it anymore. Yeah, dude. I, I mean on the Plus street. Plus we're in
1: the fucking city, like you don't know these fucking dude,
0: people, Yeah, man. he fucking could've shaked me and killed me. He could have been sure. lying from where he's from and all this shit. All man. everything. Yeah. So there is no world where I thought it was okay to let this person and his fucking friend come yeah. in my house and then that turned into some fucking douchebag telling me to suck a dick and on well, my own fucking front porch. I
1: mean, you've probably learned from this. I think new idea is to be like, you know, when you do exchange with any stranger, be like, and this is a tip for anyone listening, mm-hmm. I would say um, if you want to try this out, I can send you a video of it working. But I'd prefer if you know you don't yeah. come into my house. I, you're it. right.
0: I could have been more proactive. That's I okay. should have been more proactive. I mean, it's something we I never do. Even I think make deals about, really. every week, and, right. and, and that's never come up. If someone is curious about trying something, then they yeah. bring it up, and then I say, okay, like we can figure that out. If it's like a guitar, you can just do it on the street. If it's an amp,le then I'll shoot right. you a video. Yeah, or I could do something weird and plug it in outdoors, but it, like it still works. Yeah. So, you know, I have power out there, so. Got to let my bro- blood pressure come down a little bit on yeah. that one, but fuck that Well fuck, man. guy, dude. That's pretty. That, I mean, I bought a, I bought a guitar in a,
1: a parking lot in the pouring rain one time Yeah. because the guy didn't want me to like, come over, which is fine, mm-hmm. but we still did the deal and that's I still, still have the, the guitar. Deal. Yes. And you weren't fucking an hour late on your fucking Sunday. See, that too, man. Sunday. That's so weird. Yeah, it was fucked up. You had to up. go pick up his henchman. That's why he was late.
0: Yeah, I, and I get like, I want to have a buddy come with you, but like, and I've done that too, but I say, hey, stay in the car yeah. so people don't think I'm trying to fucking rob you. Right. Two on one. Yeah, that's scary, dude. Whew. all right uh, here's another thing that's a, definitely a bfi i just wanted to get this out there did you see the stuff about the n- fucking nirvana nevermind cover i didn't read it uh my friend sent me the article yeah. and then i've been seeing it pop up and i refused to click on it well i'll tell you what what the, what happened so the, the guy who was a baby when nirvana's nevermind everyone's seen the cover yep. he's got a little baby dick on there mm-hmm. swimming in the pool swimming in the pool chasing a dollar bill um he is now suing Nirvana and like fifteen separate entities. I was going to say, is Nirvana even like an
1: incorporated it's, thing? N-
0: well, kind of, but there are. Th- it turns out there are fifteen groups that like own yeah. stock, including like Chris Novoselic, Courtney Love, yeah. Dave Grohl, but then like other like, Geffen, his daughter. There are there are a number. right He is suing each one of them it, under the under the auspices of this being child pornography. Oh no. This man's thirty, so this came out record came out thirty years he's at, ago.
1: He's having hard times. He it like.
0: he's decided now to take the stand that this is child pornography and that he doesn't want it out there anymore, which
1: so, is bullshit. The, but the also in, the pee is in the pool. If so to that speak.
0: was it, <laughs> I mean, exactly. What are you going to do? Rip every album cover out of people's hands? Like that's crazy. I don't know at this point. However, there are a number of things. Again, if it was as simple as that, like if you're just trying to protect children, I think it's it's questionable and weird, but. I have to respect that. However, yeah. he is suing each of those 15 groups for $150,000 each. So, he's if it was just about up, pedophilia, I don't think you're looking no, for millions he's trying of to dollars. Get a few million, yeah. So, let me give you a little more detail on this. He has personally recreated that album cover four times throughout his life, like as you know, 10, oh. tw- 15, 20. Yeah, and like different interviews l- with the guy. He's done many He's been interviews. on like uh, one recently that I watched, like some kind of behind the music or something like that. Dude, in, in one of them, which I found, he specifically said that he's an artist and he specifically said that being on that album cover has led to many more opportunities in his life than he would have ever had had he not right. been on that cover. I can get feeling a little uncomfortable that everyone's seen your dick, but like, it's also a baby dick. No one fucking knows unless unless you tell them. Yeah. Unless you're like, oh yeah, you've like seen that. Like that's me, which of course you're going to do because it's like the most, one of those famous album covers of all time. It really is. Yeah. His parents, I guess the deal is they were paid $200 by the photographer like way back when. So like his parents, it gave the rights to this, but he never did. Yeah. Here's the other thing. He now said like in this recent interview, he said that his mind was changed about this. When he tried to reach out to the band, he was doing an art show, and he reached out to the band, like their representatives or whatever, and they basically were just like, "Yeah, we're not like interested in this." So, because Nirvana wouldn't, basically, Nirvana wouldn't use their resources to push his art show, he decided to sue that because he's like spurned. This is yeah, this is a total money grab, dude. That's Kurt Cobain himself said. This is a, a direct quote from you know like the before he died. If you're offended by this, you must be a closet pedophile. That's <laughs> Kurt, Kurt's yeah. own words. Yeah. Yeah. All, what like, a Kurt
1: Cobain thing to say.
0: Yeah, but yeah. like also, they could just st- put a sticker over it or something if that's really that like that big of a deal to people. And I'm sure that any place like Walmart or something doesn't sell it anyways. Honestly, that's one of the
1: first albums I ever had, and I don't think I noticed the penis until like I was older.
0: I was like, oh, Look totally. That. Dude, I was like, yeah. I never really noticed. I just you saw the got baby it because head. it's fucking Nirvana, yeah. not because there's a baby dick. Right, it's on for there. the music. man. It's like that album could have been white. What was that? Was it Blind Faith? Yes. Uh, I was just like gonna his, bring that up. His daughter. Has, I believe like, that was an underage girl. She was. Which they've changed that record. Also can still buy it I mean, yeah but want. like that one is even more egregious because she's like a Preteen and yeah. is holding a very phallic-looking yeah. airplane it's in her hands. Creepy. Yeah, that I get. But this is a baby. This is a baby. Right. No one, unless you're a closet pedophile, no yeah. one looks at that and is like, "Oh yeah, there's some dick." Right. It's just a baby. Like babies have penises, and you just know
1: that. I'm so glad I didn't click on the article and my friend sent me. I yeah. know because he knows I'm a big Nirvana fan, and I was like, "I'm not. I
0: don't care what this doofus has to say about this total you know, fucking this weird lawsuit, doofus man. thing." Yeah. And like you know, most of the it, com, com, uh, communication is through his lawyer, so it's all very legally. And all that sort of well, shit. there's. I mean, do you think he's gonna like win? No, no. Yeah. Because of the things that I just laid out, the fact yeah. that he said this has given me so many opportunities in my life. He personally has recreated that cover as an adult numerous yeah. times, and then said my mind was changed after I reached out to them and they didn't want to be involved in my art show. Yeah,
1: so no, you're, you're it done. has
0: nothing to do with pedophilia, dude. No, he's hard up. He's probably a
1: drug addict or something.
0: You never know. Shit. So um, we're about to we're about to get to my favorite part of the show every week. But before that, I just want to mention that we sort of talked about. I do feel like we are in this like absolute golden era of documentary. Yeah. Uh, f- filmmaking. This summer has been amazing. I watched the Bob Ross documentary. I haven't watched it yet. Which was. Don't spoil so, it. I won't spoil anything. It was so good. Really? I mean, and you know, listeners maybe know I've been a Bob Ross fan Me since too. I was a little kid mm-hmm. watching PBS in my bedroom. It was on all the time. I'm a shit painter, but I've still watched thousands my of wife hours actually of that show.
1: paints along. She's done a few. Cause and we have them it's on. It's amazing. On, People on, do that. DVD. Yeah. You got to watch the documentary. Okay, there,
0: you'll. There was so much controversy, not yeah. specifically with Bob, but with the people around. That's him. what I heard. Yeah, so yeah. it's uh, about the uh, basically why he never like went bigger than like the PBS well, level. But he, right? No, he did. He was huge, but there's this Kowalski family that you don't know about, okay. and that's that's the whole thing. Right. I mean, I knew he was famous, but yeah. like the show
1: was never like a major network television.
0: Thing, no, right? he, no, but he he specifically wanted to be on PBS, but he made some people made a lot of money because the right. the big thing was, is they sold Bob Ross paint and paint brushes and all. And then they did all these like painting classes in person, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's, I won't spoil anything. Got to watch it, dude. Oh, Docu- I can't fucking This is wait. fucking documentary. I cannot wait. Golden era yeah. right now. Yeah. And with that, Dave, Dr. Dave, Dr. Dave's docs, I am now going to say my favorite words. Dave's Docs, yeah, Dave's Docs. These, these, these are Dave's Docs.
1: Boom! It's like a sitcom. I mm. love it, man. Um, what do you got? Well, I, I, I just I thought it would be appropriate this week to uh, watch my, one of my absolute favorite documentaries, which I have seen like two or three times. But I don't know if I've ever talked about it on here. If I have, uh, oh, you I can know, fast I know forward. What's coming. But I don't give a shit. Um, I can't wait uh, because of the passing of the late great Charlie Watts. Yes, I had to watch. Charlie is my darling, which is oh, a 2012 yes. BBC documentary on the Rolling Stones, specifically 1965 mm-hmm. when they came to Ireland. That's right. it. Which I still have not seen. It is. I'm, dude, it's the best fucking Rolling Stones documentary I've ever seen. And Better I said, give like, me shelter. Yeah, right. Well, Give me shelter is a good like documentary as like a movie and is like um, it really grabs you. And that's like,
0: your number one. I thought right? it
1: was my number one on the top five. I forgot about this movie. Oh, I don't think a lot of people shit. know this movie I've, even fucking I've, exists. Until you
0: sent me the trailer, I've never even heard the of it. The whole thing's black and
1: white. Um, it's it's fucking amazing. So Give us a rundown, buddy. All right. Well, uh, we'll talk more about Charlie later. Yeah, we're going to get really, real deep into he's it. He's really actually not in the movie that much. Perfect. Um, it follows Mick and, and Brian for yeah. the most part. Because, you know, Brian really was like the lead of the mm-hmm. band uh, before he passed away. And before... I, was
0: it like him? I mean, t- you know better than me. Yeah. Was it like... Was it him and Mick or was it really Brian Jones? And then Mick He was, was like kind of the like, brains. Yeah, Mick was just like the, the voice singer. and the singer. Yeah.
1: And, you know, they collaborated when they wrote. Um, and then I think what happened is, and you can kind of start to see it kind of happening already in the movie, is that Keith and Mick kind of have this bond. Like there's a scene where they're just in the hotel playing guitar and singing mm. and actually playing Beatles covers, which I wanted to mention. That's cool. So they, they get to Ireland and the first thing they show, they're in the cab and they literally say, uh, how do we compare to the Beatles? Like they're asking the cab driver.
0: Which With the camera was fu- crew there, yeah. So
1: how big? I mean, in '65, how big were the Stones already? Bro, here's what I fucking didn't realize until I watched it for like the third time. Yeah, literally, I believe, I, I honestly think the way the footage is, I, I'm gonna go ahead and say I think they were bigger than the Beatles at the time. Wow. Because here's the thing, I think they were they were rowdier than the Beatles. Mm-hmm. Um, when you see shots of this crowd, and I'm telling you guys, like, stop right now and go to YouTube and Google. Um, I think it's uh Charlie's My Darling Ireland riot, and it's the first show they play. Mm. The crowd looks like Woodstock 99. Oh my god. Minus the tits. <laughs> but like it literally was like, dude, they people are moshing. They're literally pushing each other and like climbing over each other oh to get like on stage and to get closer to the band. I've never seen even in all the Beatles, like Shea Stadium and all that shit, right. and they're screaming and you know, you can't hear over the band. All that aside, physically, this crowd is like Terrifying! Oh my god, dude, I'm I'm like getting chills talking about. Can't wait to see this. Literally, I think they they literally rewrote the book on like security at shows because of that. Because of that, so like the first show they go to, it's just like a theater, you know, probably like two thousand people or something like that, and it's of course it's packed, and people are just going nuts. Eventually, the show ends because like on the third song, people like people just start climbing on stage to like touch the guys and like hug them and like grab them and just like they don't even know what they're doing. They lost their goddamn (laughs) mind. I'm telling you, dude, it is terrifying. It's awesome. It's like... You know, we always talk about the Beatles being the biggest band and the most creative, but I think the Stones were just, like, the rowdiest fucking band. Damn, dude. So um, that was badass. Yeah, there's a scene where they're in the hotel room jamming, and they're covering I've Just Seen a Face, which was a Beatles single. I don't think it was ever on an album, actually. I don't think so either. And then Eight Days a Week, there's a funny scene where Charlie's sitting there, and they have some some guy with him. I don't know if it's, like, their manager, or maybe he's, like, the liaison for, like, Ireland or something, but he's kind of, like, in all the shots and stuff. And they're all drinking and hanging out in the hotel room, and he's playing, like, the worst like lap drums on like you know like the cabinet and like hitting like the desk and they pan over to charlie and he's just like got his head in his hands (laughs) i can't watch this guy and then there's like a point where he's got like a shaker but the other guy's like banging like on walls and like they just stop jamming basically this guy's like totally ruining the vibe it was it's fucking an awesome scene um they fucking i i think the stones in 65 had the coolest look tailored suits but not matching like just mismatched like crazy fucking well-dressed just just to just pinpointed tailor accuracy oh, man. um all smoking cigarettes constantly just Always. like everything they do they look like they're in like a magazine you know it's crazy uh there's this cool scene where right before it's actually in the very very beginning of the movie and it's kind of hard to see i i don't remember it um until i watched it again and there's a girl, they're kind of like in line at like um it looks like maybe like an autograph signing or like some kind of press conference or something yeah. but they're not seated. They're kind of like within the crowd and these girls come up behind Keith and they pull his hair. Like they're trying to pull locks of his hair. Oh my off. god. And he kind of like flinches and he kind of like wipes it off like you would if you had like a bug or something. Yeah. And then they do it again and then he like he gets this like pissed off look on his face and just like walks out of there. And I'm like, yeah, bro. Yeah, cuz it fucking hurts. Yeah, no shit. It's like right in the back of your neck. The worst spot. And it's like dude, you have no idea what this is about to become like yeah. that. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, that was his first taste of like, 1965. 65, so 55 fucking years ago. Yeah. Cause I mean, you know, 63, I think they had like their first record maybe or something. That sounds about right. Or started playing, but like, and I might be, after they doing the skiffle thing, after skiffles. Um, anyways, it was fucking awesome. Mick does this move where he takes his jacket off and he like, he kind of teases the crowd with it, like he swings it back and like forth, a, like
0: a, a fucking bull, like a bullfighter, kind
1: of like a bullfighter. And he kind of like he looks like he's aiming at different people, like he's gonna throw the jacket to the crowd, and then he just throws it over his shoulder back to the. Because he wants to fucking keep it. So they ask him later, they're like, "How many times have you done that trick with the jacket?" Uh. And he's like, 64. <laughs> like he knew like the exact number. <laughs> he just counted how many shows in his head. Which right. Is fucking awesome. Um. Yeah. The mosh pit thing is is crazy, dude. I don't remember the crowds being this rowdy. Like I've never seen that. It's anything I've, like I've, that. I'm telling you, if you watch it. We'll watch it before I leave because yeah. it's like you, you just people are crawling over each other and I don't think there was ever a show like Elvis and, and the Beatles were obviously huge
0: but there was people were screaming but they were staying still. I've seen plenty of footage of Elvis and Beatles crowds and they were like screaming but yeah they were they're just not like crying physically place, pushing each other pushing each other
1: and you get you get that and then you're like oh this is how rock concerts are for the rest now, of time yeah. right so I thought that was fucking cool. crazy um there's one girl that like they report after the first show and they're asking, I think it's like bill or something. And they're like, did you know there was a, a girl who got like crushed and both of her legs are broken. And he's like, oh. he just kind of looks like, I don't know. Like what do you want me to yeah, do? Well,
0: I can't fix that.
1: So yeah, it's just, it's out of control. Cause I think there's, there's a moment too where they're playing and the crowd's going nuts. And they're, they're kind of like laughing and smile at each other. Cause they knew they were into something big, but they didn't realize like, They've never seen a crowd. They didn't know. They were kind of scared. Like, they didn't know what was going to happen.
0: It's got to be fucking scary. Right. To be in that I mean, position. you got two thousand Because there's people. no security for something like that. There was
1: literally no security. Like, maybe like a couple cops that come in at the end to like pull the guys off stage. Dude, it's
0: no fucking wonder that they decided as soon as they could to get some fucking Hell's Angels to yeah. protect them. Yeah. yeah. Like four years later. Yeah. Right? So fucking awesome, Doc. Charlie wow. is my darling. You got to see Any it. gear spotting in there?
1: Yeah. Um, a lot of gear. Uh, the main piece, I would say, is the Brian Jones Firebird. The Brian Jones firebird is it, is it a single pickup? I think it's firebird the, one. I think it's the the uh, triple pickup. Tri- oh shit! I think. Okay, it's sunburst. It's the reverse, yeah. obviously, um, as they should all be. Yeah, it's it looks like this. well. No, he. Had, I was trying to think. Winters had the two pickup one. I think it was a three. To be honest. Okay. You know, funny because he had his arm in front of it the whole time. That's hard to say. Like, yeah. yeah, but I'm just like, ah, oh. like when he was playing that guitar because he went on to
0: Les Pauls and all those other right. guitars. But there was just something cool about. Dude, that, we talk about this all, every time. I think Firebirds are some of the coolest looking guitars yeah. when other people are playing them. Yes. I just feel like shit when I play it. I don't. I'm not good on a Firebird.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, they they seem, maybe I should just fucking buy. They one. They seem clunky a, to me. Like I've I've never myself. played one because I'd come play yours. I oh, never. Yeah. I wonder if
0: it feels more like the Explorer. I'll like tell you it what says a huge body. Maybe I turn one of these amps into a Firebird. Just for shit's gigs. I mean all after I just sold an because I don't play <laughs> fucking anything that <laughs> right. is my less popular. I think the, the case isn't gonna be much smaller in the Firebird either. That's so. a good Oh god. Yeah. Seriously, surfboard. i would
1: be back to you, back to the problem. Well one. dude,
0: I mean, what's the I what's mean, the what's the arbitrary rank? Ten out of ten stuff. Oh Boom. Boom. wow. Boom.
1: Cue the cue the Poppers. Very, the crazy music.
0: Very, very rarely does yeah. that happen.
1: Yeah, perfect ten score, dude. Holy shit. I'm telling shit. you, it is you gotta watch this movie, man. What is it on? Um you can find it on Prime for three bucks. Yeah. I own a copy of it, but it's like it's and it's full feature length hour and a half. Yep. Yep. Full movie. Um full performances. Like it's not like they don't cut away from stuff very often. So Love you'll see like Love full that. full songs. Then they have a lot of cameras. And it was kinda like we were talking about last week. Like, who the fuck has all these cameras? Is there will be a scene where they're in a cab and there's like two different camera angles. Yeah, how do like, you do that? You pack all these people in this <laughs> car, like this <laughs> And they enough. didn't have like little GoPros that no. they could just stick in the corner. Huge then. like tape cameras, tape cameras with like microphone like boom mics yeah. and stuff, so Damn, I don't know 10 how to ten. that just made 10 my, out of 10, hair on my arms it's, stand a, up. it's a must-see documentary dude I'm calling it
0: give it the, give us the name again
1: uh Charlie is my darling it's a BBC
0: documentary Charlie is my darling we're gonna get back to some Charlie for sure yeah. I want to talk a little bit of future gear first let's do it just because there's a couple things we already mentioned Kanye this um two things to mention I don't know if this is true or not but so as in true Kanye fashion he didn't come out until very late and we have heard that he did not come out because he was waiting for all of his merch to be sold out first, <laughs> which is smart, but also, it's fuck weird. You. one of those merch things that he has for sale right now, I don't know if you've seen this, the record's called Donda, Don, I guess that's how you say it, uh, there is a special stem player, like an MP3 player mm-hmm. specifically for this record where you can... It's $200, and it's an 8 gigabyte, basically an iPod, mm-hmm. but it's set up so that you can basically remix the record yourself. Kind of cool. It like has this, the separate yeah. stems and, and whatever. No shit. I think it's kind of a neat idea, but $200 for an 8 gigabyte MP3 player, mm, I don't know. I mean, is it exclusive to just that record? It is. I, I don't know how it works like if you can load other stuff on there probably obviously you wouldn't have the stems at all. You would unless you already have stems of other records right. or whatever. I, I don't think it's a fucking cool idea. It's you know, as much as, as as I like to shit on him as a person, I think Kanye is kind of a genius in a lot of ways, and I think it is a pretty fucking smart idea. Yeah, I've I've mixed opinions about Kanye. Yeah. For the most part, I
1: like him because I think I he, think I, he, I
0: think he's a really great artist, yeah. but just like as a person he does weird
1: shit. Yeah, I mean we're talking about him right now. We, that's know. exactly right. Yeah. Um but but that idea yeah, I mean, let's 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 unpack that a little. Like, so you've got the stems on this player. I mean, I wonder if that's something that other people are going to start doing like that.
0: I think that, uh, well, first of all, people don't have the resources to like release a, h- a hardware unit to do that. But to me, it seems like a pretty cool app. Why like you can I... just like get like a. There are other people have done things oh, like this. Did we talk about this once? Because I feel like it's possible. We got
1: into the discussion of like uh, it doesn't do much justice to the person who
0: recorded and mixed this record right oh i hadn't really thought to about be it like that oh way.
1: here's the stems just like
0: you can take the bass out if you want like it's like wait. that's 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 a valid that's a valid takes the point art of view of- i think it also on the other side of that same coin could even shine more of a light on how important an engineer or mix uh, mix engineer or producer is because like if you're hearing oh man this bass sounds sick like on its own yeah then you're like if you're just a casual music fan, you might not ever listen to a record and hear the, just hear the bass. But if you're a Kanye fan with this thing, you might be able to like separate some stuff out. I do feel like it's probably more... Targeted at his musician fans. Oh yeah, you know. hundred oh, percent. It's, and it's like this kind of circular-looking, interesting That's thing. Cool. But I think it's a cool idea. I'm, I'm for I it. I was kind of against it until you, until you started talking about it, and now I think I'm for it too. <laughs> I talked you into it. You did because I just the, the two hundred dollar price tag after well, knowing that you had to pay three hundred dollars to go to this listening party, but you don't have to go to the listening party to buy this device. I also right? know his
1: merch like becomes like resellable as oh, like a collector instantly, item. like the T-shirts and shit. Exactly. Like I go, I buy band T-shirts yeah. a lot, as you know. Is you got anything, a pretty sweet velvet? Revolver, I've got one, one right uses now? shirt, and I think. Oh, Oh, you do really? Yeah, yeah. And um I'm it's like but it's an old one. yeah. And I think like some of the new shit it's just like a number 3 on the back of like a white t-shirt and people will be selling it for like $300. Totally. It's
0: crazy. So good on him. You've man. turned you've turned my my brain around a little bit on that one. Um I will say that it was kind of a bummer to me to find out that there was no um masks no or um no requirement for vaccination or negative tests before going into this thing because the, it's like doesn't surprise me it's yeah hilarious. so like fifty thousand people shoved on top of each other um so hopefully that doesn't lead to yeah. any more because i i could i could list some more off i'm not going to wait to right now i have some more on here but like there have been a number of festivals recently where they have seen a bunch of spikes and yeah. shit come out of that so well whatever um a little gear news here. Two things. Uh, Strymon released a new pedal this Ooh, week. Or, uh, our buddies but at Strymon. They announced a new pedal. I don't know if it's actually out yet. It is called the Zelza. Okay. And it is a phaser. Um, it's in that sort of same uh, smaller format that you're used to with the two foot switches on it that they always come out with mm-hmm. like their, you know, yeah. L-cap. I like how their... they stick to their style too. Me too. And it's, and it's easier for manufacturing, of course. Yeah. But uh, it's got both a six pull and a four pull phaser and you can use them at the same time, which is kind of neat. Uh, I haven't heard any, I've read about it. I haven't heard any demos yet, but it seems like if you're looking for a phaser, much like all things Strymon, it can do all of the things right? and more. It can do chorusing and right. flanging and stuff too. But it's basically, they're kind <clears> of, <throat> even though they, Strymon has the, what is it called? There's the, there's the timeline, there's the big sky mod factor i think is the modulation version mm-hmm. they're basically saying this pedal could do like all of the modulation that you'd ever need and it's like you know 300 bucks or whatever so where where are you at on phasers i genuinely love phasers and i've owned many both vintage and new i personally almost never use them yeah i feel like the only phase the only phasers i ever really like are when i can blend them in and most phasers don't have a blend knob mm. Because there's something that happens, even if it's the circuit's designed properly, there is a perceived loss of volume that happens when you step on it. And that's just always bummed me out. Yeah. So I like in, in, in my um, that boss switcher that I have, I have a sort of phase preset that I've mm-hmm. created, but it's more of like a, a step sequenced phaser sound. Okay um i i do i do love phasers i think they add a lot there's a cool chewiness like especially in like any every van halen solo that yeah ever existed. exactly that's what it adds a say. little bit of motion but in practice especially live i just feel like i've always stepped on them and then i just lose my sound yeah yeah so um maybe i just i mean like i said i've had script logo mxr phase 90s i've had new ones i've had the, like that crazy big fender did you ever one. have like the 90s boss one I've never owned a boss phaser. That was the
1: first and actually maybe the first guitar pedal I ever heard was that phaser pedal. Wow. And I was like, what is that sound? So I was jamming in a garage yeah. with like two guys and we are fucking Why is it whooshing? Yeah, and I was like, what is the whooshing sound? And he's like, doesn't that sound sweet? And it did at the time. I was totally. like, this is a, this blew my mind.
0: Phaser is an amazing way to add motion to like kind of a boring or stagnant yeah. sound. And I and it I do use it in like in terms of like mixing, but the, the in my experience most phasers pedal phaser pedals don't have a wet dry blend, and mm-hmm. then it just kind of makes it hard to use it effectively for yep. me. You know what I? I don't feel like you you hear too much is phaser on bass. No, like you hear bass flange sometimes, yeah. but not really bass phase. Mm-mm. I wonder why that is. I don't. I can't even think of a a bass. I mean, MXR I think makes one. I I don't know if they do. I don't know. You know what else you hear a lot? Phaser on a Rhodes. That Ooh. is a sound. I mean, that's John Paul Jones. Yeah. That's like no quarter. That's, all a, those cool, that's a cool. That's a cool. That sound. is a cool. In fact, sometimes electric piano sounds like wrong without phaser to me like it mm. needs that mm-hmm. kind of crunchy swirl yeah. yeah so interesting side tangent i would say i am pro phaser but not i don't have any on my board yeah you have one preset just a preset yeah. but that's again that's not like when you think count. of a typical phaser sound right it's a bit different it's more of like a ding like it has like steps that happen yeah um, cool yeah phasers uh oh speaking of, Oh, not much to say about this but also we, we've been talking about signatures so much i figure i might as well yeah. mention it jerry cantrell signature gibson les paul custom just came out Ooh, how's that it's called the wino because it's wine red cool based on his like i don't know what year it is i think it might even be like just like 80s or something like yeah. that but um it's custom shop and it seems like it's very limited. I didn't catch a price on it, but I'm guessing it's really fucking
1: expensive. <laughs> yeah, knowing Gibson But it's it looks, like I mean
0: there. it's dude, it's a fucking Les Paul custom and wine red to Jerry Cantrell spec. It's going to be sick. I'm watching a standard on eBay which I'm sure I won't buy, but um
1: it's a 70s. Mm-hmm. It's like a late 70s. Okay. And what I really like about it is the wine red's really not my thing. I usually wouldn't go for that. Yeah. Uh, I'd go for like black or like sunburst or sure. something. But what I really like about this one is the all the binding is yellowed. So it makes the wine red just look like a totally different color. Oh, it's, such a, it looks, it's such a look, man. It's so cool. I hope you get it.
0: I won't. But. If not, just fucking borrow my. <laughs> yeah, fucking, I know. Any of my guitars. Oh, that's awesome. All right. Well, that is Future Gear. Now I would just like for us to chat. Spend some time talking about Charlie because yeah. I did a bunch of research. I'm sure this is all going to be old old hat to you, but no, I, man, I, I no. learned a bunch of stuff. So no, please. Um, let's just get into it. Here we go. I think that. First of all, I'm just going to go on a limb and say I think Charlie might have been the, the most important member of that band. Charlie Watts in the Rolling Stones. For I mean, oh if, if, uh, if yeah, we. we I guess we should. Have, we should. If be you clear. don't know Charlie Watts. Turn it off right now. <laughs> he was. More, he was more Ringo than ever, like Bonzo or Keith Moon or anything yep. like that. Yep. Keith himself called him the engine room. Yep. I didn't know that. Sorry to keep uh no, dude, me with sorry. all this. No, gonna. no, no, please say. No, I don't do, do I the, want um, to do the, I know in. all this already. I, I'm sure you do. No, But this no. is the most news to me. Um, before we get too far into it, I figure might as well uh, talk about his gear. So I had to do a little research okay, on Okay, I don't that. know about his gear. he His main kit, he had two main kits. Uh, one was a 57 round badge Gretsch. Cool. And then uh, a natural maple. You've only pretty much ever seen him with a couple kits, it turns out. Yeah. Like he always played the same shit. No shit. And then he also had a 1960 black Gretsch kit. Yeah which I read an interview with him where he talked about that and he called it the Tony Williams kit, Tony Williams being the famous jazz drummer. Uh, that's the same setup that he played. Mm-hmm. Um, he used Rogers, high hats, uh, mostly Zildjian cymbals, although he had like a U- FIP or something uh, ride that he liked, um, a Ludwig kick pedal, and he always played traditional grip. Yeah. And so one of the most famous hallmarks of his playing is that he would never, and again, I'm sure you know this, he would never hit the high hats at the same time as a snare. Okay. And if you listen back, it's like you hear that, and people would often ask, like, "Where does this come from? Where does that start?" And he, it's just like, instead of right, Ch-ch, at right, the same time. right, right, and he, and and part of it, he he attributes to the fact they played traditional grip, so maybe it was, it was something to do with that. But it's really just like about him focusing on the groove, yeah. And I think that that is like kind of the hallmark uh, of his playing. Um, and but he didn't apparently. This is this is super cool. He didn't know that he did that. Until 1970, <laughs> when Jim Keltner, the famous session drummer, asked him, "Like, why do you play? Hey, why show? do you never hit?" And he's like, "What, do you, what he's are you like, talking this about? Is just the way I do it." He didn't know that it's that so was the crazy. way that he did it for it's like so decades at that point or whatever. So um, here we go. Uh, behind the kit, I think it's safe to say that Watts was both a man of of taste and wealth. Yeah. Uh, to quote them too much, thanks to their success, <laughs> with a jazz man's acumen for staying in the pocket and just enough behind the beat to keep the song reined in. Yeah passed away this week at the age of at the age of 80 in london Mm -hmm. he was born in 1941 the son of a truck driver who soon discovered a passion for jazz and began drumming in his teenage years it wasn't until he was recruited by original stones members keith richards and brian jones in january 1963 that he started getting into more like the r&b type stuff he was just like straight up jazz and big band
1: do you know he actually uh he was a graphic designer before
0: a drummer he was a graphic designer that's right that's kind of cool speaking of like the jazz stuff when you I think about it, it's like you think about the groove in the pocket, but he almost had this kind of like stuttering kind of sound yeah. that he would do a lot, and and a lot of people attribute that to like the jazz thing that the he background, did. Background, yeah. In fact, I didn't know this. He never lost his passion for that style of music, and he recorded a big band album for Columbia in 1986, and a series of jazz records with a quintet in the 90s, which I had no idea. Didn't know that. So Might want to check those there's out. There's a bunch of yeah, yeah his like traditional stuff, and 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 to me like. The band went through a lot of lineup changes and everything, yeah. right? And they had occasional critical, commercial misfires, et cetera, a few lineup yeah. changes, some hiatus. He was always a member of the core group. Yep. From the beginning, right. alongside Keith Keith and Mick. And never missed a show until never, this, ever. this past tour when yep. he was feeling ill. Yeah. Um, in early August, it was announced that Watts would be sitting out the Stones' upcoming resumption of its No Filter tour because he had a medical procedure. It's still not really clear what that they, procedure was. They never was.
1: disclosed what it was, and all we know is that he wanted to play, and the doctor was like, "Yeah, we. I don't want. I don't. I don't recommend it." So. He was going to sit out for the first time ever in his career. That was it, and then as we talked about and Steve away Jordan, three weeks later, um, it, se- it seemed like he was just going to recuperate. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, I mean, you know, that's the last I read about hospital. it was he was supposed to be fine. So maybe there's more they haven't said.
0: I, you know, I, I don't know. It's not our business, I guess. But right. Um, and th- and the stones in their release, they even said like, let's respect him yeah. his, his privacy right yeah, now, I'll which is that. the best thing to do. for No, sure. totally.
1: But I mean, a fucking legend, man. You know, I I th- I think of. Um, like especially the early '70s stuff. Like you sent me a '73 performance oh the other day. Yeah. Well, one, they're like probably cooked out of their minds because they're playing yeah. like you know a million miles an hour. But it's awesome. But the thing was, and I think why they why Keith called me Engine Room was because the band is is, is off the rails as the band would get, and yep. they would get off the rails, especially in the '70s and mm-hmm. shit. Um, because like comparing to like that '65 performance I watched yesterday on the documentary, they're so tight, and yeah. you could tell they're. But then you know they they get. They get tired, they play a lot, they're on drugs, like all right. this all these
0: factors, all these rock star factors kick in, but he always held it together. So like He was the engine room dude. He was,
1: man. And it's it's, it's just it, wild. I read
0: a I've read a bunch of interviews with Keith specifically since this. And one of the things that he talked about, I don't think I have that right here. They would actually sort of like almost play tricks on each other live. Like he would try to slip in an extra beat here or there just to like spice it up. But I I didn't yeah. know this, I guess after the first f- f- one or two shows that they played, they would play the exact same set the rest of the tour. Yeah. And what would happen is then, so like, like to your point, they, as the set got on, like they got better at it and then it would just speed up. Yeah. So like that version of street fighting, yeah, it was man. just like a hundred fucking miles an <laughs> hour. It was like, hour, dude. It was like least, a punk song. It was or something. at least like 15 BPM faster than the recording. At least. Yeah. Dude, it was, and it's, and that's my favorite stone song too. Oh, so me I was too. really fucking sick. That's your favorite stone song? really? One of them.
1: Yeah. You know, actually that's that guitar tone. I heard that's an overdriven acoustic in the beginning of that.
0: Really? Yeah. And I it, did not hear I forget that.
1: Th- I would have to read about it and correct me if I'm wrong. Um, we'll probably fix it next week. But I believe they recorded into some kind of tape machine and then like did some like they overdriven the. Uh, I've got a couple volume. of stories
0: about some songs. Yep. Um, we're going to talk about that. I just want to say there's I've got this uh, this quote from Keith Richards here from his autobiography life. He describes Charlie Watts playing thusly quote. There's tremendous personality and subtlety in his playing. If you look at the size of his kit, it's ludicrous compared with what most drummers use these days, which we talked about. Yeah. He just had this tiny little kit. Yeah, they've got a fort with them—an incredible barrage of drums. Charlie, with just that one classico setup, can pull it all off. We're damn lucky we got to work with Charlie Watts. Yeah, dude. So there um, there is a couple stories. I think I, I I would like you to tell the one uh, about uh, about Keith or about Mick and the hotel room oh man I, I, I saved that especially I've got another one here but I, I want you to tell it do this you one. have
1: the actual quote because I want to. Do, I, I don't have it okay so basically uh, the story is they were up you know I guess they were up all night or, or you know Mick called uh, Charlie Watts at his, in his hotel room and he called him and he said I need my drummer here now and it's like the middle of the night right yeah it's like three in the morning yeah. or something so Charlie Watts gets dressed puts a suit full on full fucking suit full suit shower hair yeah. everything goes down to Mick's room and he punches him in the face and he says i'm not your drummer you're my singer exactly fucking a dude
0: dude that's that's and
1: I mean, he was you know he was the oldest one in the group too he was, so you right. know it's
0: like don't talk down to me, not man. by much really though no, i mean he's like 80 so like those guys are like late 70s yeah, at this point mm-hmm. um here's one that i'd never heard before and this is something i didn't know there is actually a number of stone songs that have drummers that aren't charlie watts on the record i didn't know that I hadn't either. So, um, Stones released just a handful of songs recorded with a different drummer. The best known is it's only rock and roll from 19. I did not know that. Yep. And that features the faces, small faces drummer, Kenny Jones. He played on the song's original session. They, they were going to replace the part. They could just never get it any better. Yeah. There's a couple of stories like this. Um, so they in an interview with Kenny Jones in 2015. This is the quote. He said, I called Charlie up and I said, I didn't mean to play drums on your album. <laughs> he said, that's okay. It sounds like me anyway. Ah, nice. <laughs> like, just like the and perfect you go. fucking classic response. There you have response. it. I not
1: know. Well, so, in Sympathy for the Devil doesn't have any drums
0: on it, right? It's bongos. Uh, it's, uh, here we go. Sympathy for the Devil. There is there is a poly- there is like some polyrhythmic samba drumming that's happy on there, but it's mostly congas. But I don't believe it's um, him, right? He's doing the drumming, but the, the congas are, um, I think I wrote that down. Uh, Ricky Dijon, Rocky Dijon is the guy's name. And Keith Richards on and base, that's in Give Me, me Shelter. Too. It's uh, oh, Bill. Bill shelter. Wyman played the the. That's right. called the African Shakiri, I believe it's called. Mm-hmm. It sounds like maracas, and then the Kungas are Rocky Dijon. Oh, okay. um, but but so that was one of the things. As I was listening back through all these Stone songs, too, like they were really good at layering percussion, dude. Yeah, yeah. That and was. And it wasn't always thing. Charlie, but like they were so
1: so. It's really stuck out to in me in the as documentary I was going back. in the scene uh, where everyone rushes on stage and there's yeah. basically a riot. Uh, Keith's got maracas and so does Brian Jones. And they're oh, just bad, really? they're having like a percussive like jam out. Basically. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and you know, Keith. Or, I mean, Mick has maracas. And yeah,
0: dude, I want to I want to talk about Street Fight Man. I want to go back to that yeah, a little yeah. bit. So first of all, just like from a purely fucking uh, esoteric nerd point of view, I feel like there's something about the way that that song sounds that it's called Street Fight Man and mm-hmm. it feels the drums feel like kicks and punches to me. Like There's something about it that feels like a fight. Mm -hmm. So um, the drum sound, I, I had no idea about any of this, resulted from Charlie's decision to play his parts on his 1930s practice kit, which is like a little toy kit. Right. Uh, according to this, like the people who recorded that's it. cool. In the studio, he said he had mounted the small skins about the size of tambourines to small brackets. Huh. And when he locked into the song's aggressive sounds in that summer, he delivered this massive tone. And they tried to go back and fix it and they tried to layer it with like pro yeah. drums and everything. And they just never could. There are some other drums layered so in there. So they just left it. So they just left that's it. And that's, awesome. and that's Street Fighter. I Man. love stories like that. Dude, check this out. So the drum pattern proved so influential. This is amazing. Fleetwood Mac singer songwriter guitarist li- not singer songwriter guitarist lindsey buckingham tried to coach Mick with the drummer to replicate it on go your own way
1: wow. so the drum
0: pattern in that is specifically them trying to do trying Street to Fight do that Man. and it's whatever he ended up and playing. if you listen to it you're like oh that I is have to go that, is that pattern that's so funny there's a couple more like i we already talked about gimme shelter mm-hmm. they layered that stuff dude i think listening back i was trying to find because there are no drum solos and he's he's like a- acknowledged that he just like doesn't he didn't think that drum solos are good. Yeah, I was trying. I was tr- doing my best to find any I drum done solos some live, maybe live, but definitely not on. Any oh, records. not a record. There's no. a couple songs that have like some fills going on, but definitely not a drum solo. Well, And
1: that's kind of the thing, too. I mean, like if I had to build the perfect drummer. It would, it would start with him just the way that he, foundation, the foundation of how he holds it. But he's also not fancy. Like no. he does fills and shit, but he doesn't go crazy.
0: Well, like And he's he not would a- make some really strange choices that like a, that sounds simple, but like even like uh satisfaction, the drum beat is not normal in no. that song. <laughs> right. Like there's some weird like choices of, that seem normal now because everyone has been influenced by it. Yeah. But at the time it was strange. But as I was going through, mm-hmm. I feel like Rip This Joint might, might be the most, oh, like, up Like, it might be the fastest, hardest drumming that's, song of yeah. his on record. Yeah. And I'm not super familiar with a lot of the 80s and, like, early Me 90s either. stuff kinda, or whatever. Yeah, I get to, like, I, I listen to some of the disco stuff that was like, some oh, girls yeah, is that's fucking dope. Some like, Girls is fantastic. I mean, fucking uh, uh, Miss, Miss You. you? Oh, yeah, it's unbelievable. But that song has an incredible And that's kind
1: of... But, man, I was just thinking about, like, if... Imagine if like Keith Moon would have been their drummer. There's no way they would different have different like, band. It wouldn't have worked. No. They would have gone nowhere.
0: Oh, I, I don't wanna think about that. I know. Honestly. But that's kind of the weird. thing.
1: Like he's like the opposite of that, right? Like he's just like completely holding yeah. it down all the time. Last
0: thing I've got here, I noticed, um, Honky Tonk Woman, Cowboy uh, is not played by him. It's Cowbell Nick, is played it? by producer Jimmy Miller. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So uh but he, the way that they were still able to and of course he had the drummer is gonna have an influence on how the percussion happens, yeah. but he he didn't play it. But the way God, the way that they were able to like that cowbell is center central to that song. Yep. So like the sh- that like shaker thing, give me shelter. There's so many of those songs that like have percussion hooks. Yeah. And it's all based around his original drum parts. Yeah.
1: And like under my thumb has like those marimba like the goo. <laughs> oh
0: dude. T- I didn't even <laughs> think of that. I didn't even, yeah. that's
1: Brian Jones, I believe playing really? in that, but it was inspired by the fact that, that Charlie Watts left so much space for those guys to experiment with percussion, basically, mm-hmm. you know, like, that's why I was saying like the Keith Moon thing, because it wouldn't have worked. You wouldn't have been able to add all He's that He's just shit. filling
0: around all the toms. Yeah, you wouldn't have been able to add all that extra else. stuff. It would, be, so. it would get too busy.
1: It really was. He was fucking, I think, one of That's the That's all I got about Charlie. Time, I mean,
0: I just I, I wanted to make sure that we properly yeah, paid dude. him his due. I know, again, not only just the fact that it's, it's your favorite band, but also just in the world of, of rock and roll and music, how important yeah. and still unsung... Even being in the fucking biggest band right. in the world, it's like most people probably don't know the name Charlie Watts. Yeah, but it's just like he, he, without him, they, the Stones would not have ever been the Stones. Yeah, he he passed on my
1: birthday, and I was at dinner with my parents, and I, it was just a weird day all like all day. Yeah. And I uh, felt
0: sa- I like I saw the news, <laughs> and I I like almost didn't want to tell you because yeah. I knew it was your birthday. Well, I would have found out. Yeah,
1: I was in the I was working, so I hadn't like checked yeah, any news right. or anything, and like and then you said you were like, Ch- did you hear about Charlie? And I was like, oh no, yeah. I like I knew right away. But um, I went to dinner with my folks and then I was like, you know, Charlie Watts passed away today. And they're like, who? Not that they don't... My parents don't listen to music, really. Mm -hmm. But if they
0: would have said Mick Jagger or something, they would have known. And it's of their generation. Totally. They would have been, you know, aware of of them. Even if you're not a big music fan, like you've heard the Stones. Unsung Hero would be... Are the best way to and, and I, I guess we haven't really done it but to on that note happy belated birthday oh, thank you buddy it's about to be my birthday yeah. in a couple days. we, we have the this birthday episode week. every year yep. this happens six it's, days apart I think actually now that I think about it this episode will come out on my birthday oh shit so oh. Uh, whatever celebrate me I'll mention send us, it send, the, us, uh, <laughs> send us a <laughs> presents I guess happy birthday to you anything i mean i know that i i just did a lot of rambling uh, I did a lot of research is there anything that you wanted to really cover with with the stones and charlie before yeah man at the bed i don't know i i feel like i talk about the stones a lot on
1: this podcast it's like the stones or the Beatles every week sometimes with me but i mean i had to i had to watch that doc and i had to like take it all in you yeah. know like like i like legit got choked up i haven't gotten choked up when somebody passed away in a while i think eddie van halen got me pretty good van too. halen and bowie are the two i can yeah bowie for sure. a tough one but man just like like Paul McCartney's tribute to him, just like his little video. I dude, was like, how I can't watch fa- this I dude. How about the fact? I mean,
0: that was that was really sweet. But like, he was wearing a T-shirt yeah. that had. Teltronics Teletro- tel- LA two A's on there, and if you look, it looked like one of them had a piece of tape that said Paul's guitar. So it might be a photo of oh, that's the LA funny. two A's that they actually used, yeah. and Paul McCartney himself was wearing funny, that, dude. which is yeah. just like He's I, d- it is to an <laughs> extent like wearing your own band's shirt, but you're still fucking Paul McCartney. You can wear whatever. Well, it's like you that want. quote when they were they were like, well, "What's the best band you've ever?" Been? I was like, in the fucking Beatles. I was in the Beatles. <laughs> <man>. <laughs> Uh, dude I love it man no but it was nice I mean it, it I was sad and I definitely also cried a little bit I'm I, I'm a sensitive person I cried yeah, but man, like me too I it was nice to have an excuse to just like dive back into this band I've yeah. listened to so much my whole life and really hear them from a new perspective and yeah. like pay attention to the rhythm the percussion and the groove I know and and it's because I mean I'm a guitar boy and like I always think of Keith and Brian and, and Mick Taylor and then but also like Mick Jagger I mean they have so many giant personalities and sounds in that band yeah. but then it's like oh yeah the heart and soul and the engine of that band. Yeah. It was absolutely would have never been the band. I have to wonder, I mean, have they said anything? Are they going to continue the tour and like just carry on? I would imagine, yeah. I mean, despite all, maybe... It might be a great way to just, like, celebrate Yeah. Him, oh, I'm you know. sure there will be tributes yeah. every, at every show when they do. And I also have to imagine those tickets are not going to be way more expensive, too, because oh, everyone's going to want to fucking go. I was
1: fortunate enough to see him in 2014. That's awesome. And, and, I've, and I've never seen this. I have to say, man, and I probably talked about this on here. I brought Dan Liu because I had an extra ticket. What's up, Dan? And uh, what up, Dan Liu? And um, he came with me very happily. And I have to say this, and this kind of goes back to the small kit thing and everything. Mm-hmm. I was shocked... How there was like no pirate. T- it was at United Center, so I don't know the, like the logistics of like what they can do there. Sure, but there wasn't this huge flashy show with like dancers and like you know all this. It was just the band on stage playing, and Charlie and his little kit in the yeah. back just fucking holding it down. And I think he did do a drum solo at that show. To be honest, I'm pretty sure because everybody kind of gets a solo. Like, yeah. There was a bass part and stuff. Yeah,
0: especially now like live, you have to kind of. It's do just it. I mean, so you're playing like a three hour fucking gig. Yeah, it's just so. What was legendary. the? Were they like on a? Were they on a tour like for a record?
1: I don't think so. I think it was just a. It was 2014, um, I can't and it was just a U.S. tour. Last I think.
0: record that they put out, honestly, I have no idea. Yeah,
1: and I mean, we've talked some shit about some of the like recent stuff. Well, know? that was like
0: that stupid mix uh, fucking single yeah. that he put out that with, was, with Dave, with Dave Grohl. Grohl. That was just as, that song was fucking. Butt, <laughs> was awful, dude. Man. God. But uh, no, like
1: I, I think my last good record. I mean, I don't know. There was some singles that they did in the 80s that were pretty cool, but I think "Some Girls" is probably as late as my collection goes. Yeah. I have to say real. I've got everything before
0: that so but check out some of their early 60s stuff man because it's like it's dude you got it you said you have it like just give me out send blown me that documentary so I can watch it okay yeah I'll wanna, get it to I'll, you fucking, I really want to watch that yeah shit. absolutely man and or I could just pay the three dollars nah, whatever I mean, I fucking hook them it's not probably up. not going to the band anyways fuck Jeff Bezos <laughs> <laughs> dude I could think of no better way to end this episode <laughs> than Jeff Bezos so if you made it this far and you love the stones as much as we do thank you for listening uh, we love you guys and go make some music